is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome to the Herd and Ten Podcast. Here's your host, Jake Futinski. Everyone, welcome to another episode of the Herd and Ten podcast. I'm your host, Jake Fortinsky, joined by my co-host, Kevin Fortinsky, biggest Bills fan I know. Go Bills! Yeah, what a what a game! What a game on Saturday night, eh? What a game! That was a monster win. A win the Buffalo Bills certainly needed. This was not an easy win. The Bills always make it interesting, but at least this time they made it interesting against a team that we were expecting a big fight from. And the Dolphins put up a fight. They threw their biggest punch, but it didn't land. The Buffalo Bills held on. Josh Allen held on. Kev, we need to talk about Josh Allen because we've never strayed not good or that he's not one of the best quarterbacks. Yes, we've had our concerns about him. He had his three-game slide, but he is back, and he looks better than ever. How thrilled and, and comfortable are you in seeing what he's done? I feel great. Look, we were saying before this three-stretch run against our division, we are saying you got to run the table, take this division. This was the time. You were 0-2 in the division going into this three-game stretch. You need Josh Allen to be your superstar. You don't have a lot else offensively outside of Josh Allen. You know, we, we have gotten some contributions from Singletary and Cook over the last month of the season. Didn't get that on Saturday night. So it was all Allen. He led the team in rushing, obviously, four touchdown passes. He had maybe his best game of the season. He had an incredible game. He had over 300 yards passing. He had almost 80 yards rushing. It was as good as you could hope for out of a game, really. In the snow, you know, the snowball game, we'll call it. We'll call it the snowball game. And I look forward to the playoffs. Let's hopefully we can wrap up the number one seed in the next three weeks, you know, we're probably going to have to win out to get that number one seed, especially the huge game coming up against Cincinnati. And we're going to need to Allen to continue the hot streak going into the playoffs. How about that run game? Obviously, I'm super thrilled with how Josh has looked. Josh Allen is back. I already said that, but he is back, like really back. He did. He probably had the best game of the season. And it's it's not just the stats. It's the way he looked. It's the comfort when he was both in the pocket, when he's on the run, when the game's on the line. We were losing by eight. 
Let's not forget that. We were losing by eight. And Josh Allen didn't even flinch. When we went down by eight, they, the camera shifted right to Josh Allen on the bench. And all he did was put his helmet on and go to work. He, he, didn't, he didn't flinch. He didn't react. No negative attitude. Just let's go get it. Like you could feel his confidence both off the field and on the field. And it shows. He came up huge in the game. Had a monster drive to win the game at the end. And just made some nice touch throws. The throw he made to Isaiah McKenzie on the final drive, to me, was one of the best throws he's made all year. And I think a lot of people might be shaking their head going, what do you mean that was one of the best throws of the year? It wasn't, you know, a tight coverage throw. It wasn't a rocket down the middle like what he did with Diggs. It wasn't a 50-yard bomb. It wasn't a, a throw to James Cook while he's on the run in the end zone. It wasn't a throw to Gabe Davis while he's on a run, while, while he's running out of bounds, falling out of bounds. It wasn't anything like that. But it was terrible weather. It was game on the line. You know, lights are as bright as they're ever going to be. The snow is just coming down like a blizzard. He can barely see through his helmet. You can see him squinting. And he knew to take some edge off the ball. He knew to take some velocity off the ball to ensure that McKenzie could secure it. It was just something truly amazing. It finally showed me that Josh has taken that final step that we needed him to, which is lay off the speed on the throws when you need to, throw the hard balls when you need to, throw curveballs when you need to, throw sliders, throw change-ups. He's got everything in his bag of tricks now. And obviously he had that incredible run. I think it was a 44-yard run. Again, it, it was the, the timing of the run. It wasn't just the run itself. He knew when we needed the yards, when we were down and in doubt. And he saw the linebackers turn and he didn't hesitate and he took off. He didn't second guess himself. He didn't think, oh, but everyone tells me I have to throw. Everyone tells me not to run the ball. He just played football and he got the job done. And, you know, as Torontonians, Kevin and I have seen a lot of failed organizations. We've seen a lot of failed superstars that didn't get the job done, that were great players, but when the game was on the line, they couldn't be trusted. And Josh is the furthest thing from that. He might have some wild plays. He might make some terrible decisions. But when the game's on the line, there is no one else that I would rather see hold the ball in the entire NFL. I really trust him more than anyone else in this league. And he proved it once again in a huge divisional game against the Miami Dolphins who have been gunning for us all year. And we finally, to me, put the nail in the coffin. The Bills are going to win this division. And I don't think it's in doubt anymore. I think they proved that they are the best in this division. They are probably the best in the AFC. And they are maybe also the best team in the NFL. Even with the Philadelphia Eagles holding a slightly better record let's move to stock up stock down couple new ones this week we got Josh Allen of course I do have Devin Singletary there for stock up he didn't have statistically a great game but there were at least two third and ones that he needed to convert on and he did one of them was an easy one no one got to him 
The line did their job. He got through easily. There was a second one later in the game where the O-line actually crumbled. A guy got back there, crushed Singletary. He manages to bounce off of him and fall forward and get the first down. To me, those two plays were really important plays in this game. And if he doesn't make those, we might not win this game. So, yes, statistically not a great game, but he did make some big plays in key moments that in the past he has not. Shaq Lawson, a guy who we have not really talked about a lot this season, had a very good game. He had a big sack. He had some big tackles. He made his mark on this game. And that's a guy we got to look out for because we don't have Vaughn Miller. We have Greg Rousseau, but he's still young. Obviously, he's looked very good. But the question has always been, who's going to be the other answer on the other side of the line? And maybe it's going to be Shaq Lawson, who, if anyone can remember, the last season he played with the Bills was his best. He had a very good season. It was a contract year. This is technically a contract year once again. And he's looked good. He's looked good in the run game. And he's starting to get to the quarterback. He's starting to put some pressure. So to me, I really liked what he did. Another guy, Kair Elam. Gotta give the guy some big props. He showed up in a big game against a very, very good receiving core. Arguably the best receiving tandem in the entire league. And I thought he looked pretty good. He did give up some plays, but anyone's going to give up plays to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. But he actually stopped Tyreek Hill a couple times. And even on a couple of Tyreek Hill's catches, he was right there with his arms on and punching the ball. I really liked how he played. I thought he played physical. And I thought he showed that he belongs and he deserves to be starting over Dane Jackson. Final stock up for me, a unique one here, Bobby Hart. He doesn't play a lot. He is a guy who's made a 180. Kev, you told me about this a while back that a lot of the players talked about how he had a massive attitude change. He used to have a lot of issues. He'd have fighting after the play. He wasn't focused. He wasn't grinding. The Bills, of course, let him go last year. They bring him back this year. And he is a different guy. When he's in the game, he makes his presence felt and he doesn't react. There was a particular play. It may have been on the first third and one that Devin Singletary converted on. And there was a guy that was yanking on Bobby Hart's face mask, trying to get him going, trying to get him to take a penalty, and he didn't react at all. He could have punched the guy. The guy actually threw him to the ground, and Bobby Hart did not react. Big props to the guy. He's made a huge 180, and when we've needed him, he's played actually reasonably well, and he's done what we've asked of him. I know it's not a lot, but we've he's done what we've asked from him. Kev, stock downs, there are a few. Take over there. Well, I would like to mention another guy on the line who I thought did a very nice job. Greg Van Roten came in for Mitch Morris mid-game. He played half the game, and I thought his snaps were very good because we've seen problems sometimes when a new snapper comes in mid-game, and I thought he did a very nice job. You saw him make a huge block on the Josh Allen 44-yard run, so I really liked what Greg Van Roten did at center in particular. And not to mention, Greg Roten did that in the hardest weather you could do it in. He played the second half, and the second half weather was horrible so it was really it's true it was really impressive to see how well he handled himself when he wasn't necessarily expecting to take over center yeah and we're gonna need him going forward because 
I highly doubt Mitch Morris is coming back this week. I think he's had something like at least six concussions in his NFL career. So I can't imagine he plays this week. Hopefully he'll be back against Cincinnati, but we are going to probably need Van Roten at least this week to play center unless they decide to kick Bates back. But again, he was out this past week, so we'll see. But uh, yeah, getting the stock down. I mean, yeah, our rush defense was atrocious in this game. It, It was very surprising to me. I just, I don't know whether we didn't game plan for it just because Miami has been such a terrible running team the entire season. They're near the bottom of the league in rush offense, and we just weren't prepared for it. Not really sure what the issue was, but literally from the first snap of the game, you could tell their O-line was just dominating our defensive line right off the bat. So that was a big concern. And yes, you do see games like this in the NFL where you know, they get the best you on the line, but certainly something to monitor moving forward. Hopefully Jordan Phillips will come back soon and help shore up that run defense because it was a major issue. And I thought Miami should have ran the ball more in that game. To be honest, if they had run the ball more, I think we may have lost that game because Tua outside of one or two big plays did very little. I thought our pass rush actually had a very good game um, rushing the passer. I thought Leslie Frazier did a really good job mixing it up. Um, Tua was very confused when we blitzed him. He was running for his life on a lot of the plays. But if they had run the ball more, I think we would have been in huge trouble. So thankfully, Miami's not that smart. And Um, we were able to uh, come out with a win. Another guy who, you know, had a bit of a rough game was Trey White. A couple big plays. He gave up a couple big plays, one to Tyreek Hill on the touchdown, another one to Jalen Waddle, about a 40-yard plus play. He hasn't played in a very long time. He admitted he's, you know, still not quite where he wants to be. And hopefully he will round into form for the playoffs. He's got another three games to really get back. And at times, he did have a couple pass breakups too. So I'm not saying he was terrible, but, you know, he hasn't looked locked down number one corner to this point. And, you know, of course, we were hoping that our first round pick on the other side, Kyer Elam, by this time of the year, would be a lockdown corner, like when we drafted Trey White. And that hasn't quite gotten there yet. So you could say our secondary as a whole is a bit of a concern against the Cincinnati's, Kansas City's of the world going into the AFC playoffs. Uh, We're going to need much better secondary play. You can add DeMar Hamlin in there. You know, he's been learning on the job this year and it's definitely been up and down. That's for sure. So hopefully, as we move into the playoffs, we'll get more of the ups that we can pull off victories. But when you have Josh Allen, you can always outscore the opponent, especially when the weather starts to turn. You want that rocket of an arm that he has slinging it around. 
definitely the Bills are in a situation here where their offense looks like it's it's finally rolling. They do still have their third quarter woes, which is still a little concerning for me. Just you really can't have that happen in the playoffs, but I think their defense still is not where it needs to be. Um I think the linebackers look really good. I think Tremaine Edmonds has looked really good now. Matt Milano, as always, defensive line. We should note they did struggle against the run. They did improve in the second half. They were a little bit better, but obviously still a big problem there. But it's true that the secondary is still that big question mark. It's To be honest, it's really... To be honest, it, it's really the only thing looming over this team. It's this black cloud that is growing just because we're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. And I don't think things are figured out. I don't think DeMar Hamlin has it figured out. He's, like you said, had ups and downs. He did make a mistake once again. I mean, Jordan Poyer also made a mistake. I mean, the, the Jalen Waddle mix-up, there was clearly a communication thing. Tremaine Edmonds was trying to tell Poyer. He was trying to tell Hamlin. Neither of them really picked up on it. And then, of course, Jalen Waddle goes to the house easily. Tredavious White, it's a surprising one. I mean, we have him on the stock down this week. It's I know he's coming back from injury, but it's taken him a lot longer than expected to come back from injury. He's finally back. I, I To me, I expected him to be a little more game ready. So I would say it's more disappointing than anything. Um, I, I think he will get there. The, the big question becomes is who is the guy opposite Tredavious White? You and I have talked about this endlessly. I mean, we said no more Dane Jackson. We want Kair Elam. Kair Elam played and he played reasonably well. He wasn't good, but he was... Pretty okay, I think is the best way to put it. I, a part of me has still got this hope that Christian Benford comes back from IR and he can step in and share with Elam. And that maybe ends up being the answer because, again, we have not been healthy in the secondary at all. We don't need to include Micah Hyde. We know he's out. That doesn't matter anymore. But the cornerback position has never been fully healthy yet. So I would be interested to see what a Tredavious White and then Elam and Benford mix, how that looks, because maybe that's the answer. And a part of me is just hoping that because I don't know what else to do at this point. I don't necessarily trust Elam playing an entire game. I certainly don't trust Dane Jackson playing at all. And then Trey White, I mean, I think he's going to be fine when it comes to the playoffs, but it's certainly a concern that sort of ties into our upcoming game. The Chicago Bears do not have a potent offense by any means. I don't know if our secondary really needs to be playing at their best against the Chicago Bears. However, I am interested to see how our defense as a whole handles them because this is a team that can run the ball. They have one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL in Justin Fields who has eclipsed a 1,000 yards rushing, and when he goes, he can make guys miss. I'm very curious to see how DeMar Hamlin handles it. He's been a guy that struggled 
open field tackling. I'd be very concerned about that. I'm concerned about our defensive line and how they handle the rush. And then, I mean, I said it wouldn't matter, but maybe I want to see Tredavious White and how he reacts to the run as well. Because sometimes when guys come back from long-term injuries, it's not necessarily just coverage issues. It's also maybe hesitancy when it comes to tackling. I'd be curious to see how Tredavious White handles that. So although the Chicago Bears are not a very good team, I actually think they're a good matchup for this for, for us this week. I think it gives us a chance to tune up and, and focus on the game, but really tune up for the Cincinnati Bengals the following week. Kev, you want to break down the keys to the game outside of what I talked about, outside of the concerns for the defense. What do yeah. the Bills need to do specifically to beat a Chicago Bears team that they certainly should beat and continue their winning streak? Yeah, I mean, Chicago's defense is terrible. So I think it's pretty straightforward on offense. You know, just execute at a high level. I think you're going to be able to run the ball. I think you're going to be able to throw the ball. I think just a, a good mix and just don't turn the ball over really against a Chicago team that's an inferior opponent. Don't play down to their level. Don't turn the ball over. You know, that's all I want to see on offense, really. And and on defense, I am interested to see whether Matt Milano is even going to play in this game. Because if you've been following, he hasn't practiced the last two weeks. Clearly, he went out there against divisional opponents because we needed those games against an extremely inferior opponent here. I'm interested to see if Matt Milano will even play. My hunch is that he's going to sit in this game. And we're going to need someone else to step up and spy on Justin Fields. Because Justin Fields doesn't really scare me through the air. It's his running ability that you really need to stop. He's more of a Lamar Jackson type player who we've in the past done a very good job of containing. So to me, force Justin Fields to throw the ball. That's, that's my two keys to the game. Don't turn the ball over on offense, force Justin Fields to throw. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about Ike Bodker getting activated. I think that's big news. I think that's an interesting one. He was good last year. I'm curious to see if he's really ready to play or not. Obviously, with Morse also being out, I think there's a legitimate chance he could play. There is someone that we didn't talk about who didn't have the greatest game. I don't think he's getting benched, but Roger Saffold did not have a good game. I thought he struggled. He had a couple false starts. He had a couple holds. Um, not Not the most exciting game from him. So Ike Bodker coming back could be an interesting piece that might help solidify our offensive line, which has not been great. Um, so I'm interested to see that, especially going into the playoffs. You're going to be playing teams that have better pass rushes, that are better prepared for Josh Allen. They're going to try to contain him. Your O-line is really going to have to hold up. So I am curious, but this Bears game, we do have to mention this. It is a bit of a trap game. This is one of those games where I think everyone's so focused on the Cincinnati Bengals, what we have to do against them. You know, we're in this race trying to hold on to first 
in the AFC. The Kansas City Chiefs continue to win even when they don't deserve to. They deserved to lose to the Houston Texans. They squeak out a win. I mean, they're they're clawing the right on our tail. We really cannot afford to lose a game. And I just hope that we don't overlook the Bears just because of how bad their record is. They're a team that is sneakily dangerous, particularly with exactly what you talked about. Justin Fields running the ball. It can happen. He can take over a game. You need to be prepared. You cannot overlook this game. They're not a good team, but you got to take care of your business. So as always, go Bills. Go Bills. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.